Hi everyone, I'm David Green. Welcome to episode three of the second series of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. We're living in a time of massive disruption, whether it's politics, business, technology, or HR. Perhaps no part of HR is facing bigger disruption than recruiting. The vast bulk of investment in HR technology continues to be in the talent acquisition space. But how is automation, AI, and analytics changing recruiting? That's the topic for this week's podcast, where my guest is Richard Collins, co-founder of ClickIQ. In our podcast, Richard and I discuss the big trends in the recruiting space as it relates to the increased use of automation and data, the evolution in how people find work and companies find people. We also talk about the revolution in recruitment advertising, the tricks we can learn from marketing, where Richard spent part of his career, and the role of data and analytics in recruiting. We also look into the crystal ball and ponder what the role of HR will be in 2025. This episode is a must listen for anyone working in recruiting or interested in the space. You may find the future isn't quite as dystopian for recruiters as it is sometimes painted. Before we get started, a brief word from our sponsor for series two of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Support for this podcast is brought to you by ClickIQ. ClickIQ is an automated job advertising platform that uses the latest artificial intelligence and programmatic technology to manage, track, and optimize the performance of your recruitment advertising in real time. Spend is focused where it's needed most to reach both active and passive job seekers across Indeed, Google, Facebook, and extensive network of job boards. To find out more about ClickIQ, please visit clickiq.co.uk. Welcome to the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Richard Collins, co-founder of ClickIQ, to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Good to see you as well. Richard, can you give give the listeners a quick introduction to yourself and, and also what you're doing at ClickIQ? Sure, absolutely. Um, so, so, my name's Richard Collins, um, co-founder of ClickIQ. In terms of my background, um, well, I've been in this kind of internet recruitment marketing game since 1995, believe it or not. Uh, originally from a kind of agency background, but um, ended up doing, I ran a job board, ran a job site for a bit, and then um, ended up setting up my own digital marketing agency, um, more in the consumer world. And then um, more recently, in the last sort of uh, three years ago, we set up uh, ClickIQ. The aim being that what we wanted to do was to try and bring some of the stuff that we're seeing within the, the world of consumer marketing into the recruitment world. And, um, you know, what we did was we built this technology platform that effectively automates the whole process of managing and optimizing a company's job advertising. So we, we take their jobs in and we push them out across a whole network of job boards, Indeed, Google, Facebook, all of those kind of things. And then the system uses a whole bunch of really clever tech to optimize and manage that advertising, shifting the spend basically to, to the jobs that need it most. Um, and that's, that's basically what we do. Um, and the type of people we do it for typically are very large enterprise clients. You know, the Sainsbury's of this world, Pepsi's people like that. And um, we do that internationally. Um, got about 200 and something clients, I think now. Um, so it's been a bit of a bit of a roller coaster whirlwind kind of from from some startup to where we are now. It's, it's just been a bit of a Bit of a thing. It's impressive in three years. It's, uh, just... Yeah, well, the actual technology, you know, we, we only really had a proper working platform about 18 months ago. So from in 18 months, you know, we have brought in a huge number of clients. 
And and what's been interesting, I think, is that we we haven't we haven't got we haven't got a sales team. So we don't really sell. What we do is we, we go out to the market, we we tell them about some of the stuff that's going on in, in, in our world, so in terms of the media landscape, in terms of automation, and clients want to learn and understand how this affects them, and then they come to us and you know, hopefully they want to use a the platform thereafter. Um, and, and that's really how that growth and that phenomenal kind of success, I think, that we've had so far has, has, has occurred, really. So it's quite nice to do it that way. That's great. You mentioned the wider world and the stuff that's going. We're also living in a time of massive disruption. Yeah. Whether it's politics, which we're not going to talk about, okay. uh, business, technology, HR, and that certainly applies to recruiting. Yeah. Um, you know, what are the, some of the big trends that you're seeing in the space? So, I mean, obviously, HR tech is, is, is huge at the moment. But I think from a personal point of view, we, we talk a lot about you know, AI, machine learning, all this kind of stuff. But I actually think that's slightly wrong because I think the bit that is really important to our clients, so the, the, the leaders within the TA world, it's actually about automation. And it's about not just putting technology in there that gives you the data and the analytics, because that, you know, that at its core is where you start from. But it's then saying, well, we've got all this data. What are we going to do with it? And, and this, to me, is where the automation comes in, because you can put people and they can analyze and all of this kind of stuff. But in reality, the, most of it is algorithmically driven. You know, if this happens, then I do this. And when we built the business originally, that's, that's effectively what we did. We, we saw there was lots of tech out there that were giving us decent analytics. But we said, well, I've got the analytics, but let's start applying automation to it. And let's start getting the computers to do the processing work so that we can focus on the more important stuff. And I think it's, it's that automation that is actually driving, ultimately, a lot of the change that's going on within the sector. And whilst people talk a lot about AI and machine learning because it gets the headlines, it's, the value, I think, is in the automation. What the machine learning and AI will do is they will make that automation more intelligent over time, but it's the cherry on the top. It's not actually the cake itself for me. Okay. So, so let's narrow the focus a little bit to the top of the recruitment funnel, because I know that's what you really where you're servicing at, at ClickIQ. Yeah. You know, what are some of the trends that you're seeing here? Yeah, so I mean, I think the media landscape is really interesting, because what... You know, traditionally, um, you know, we, we worked in a world of you, you stuck your job on a job board and your credits and all this kind of thing. So there's been a few trends that's happened in the last really 10 to 12 years. First of all, the shift to pay-per-click advertising, largely driven from Indeed. Um, and, you know, if you look at the success of Indeed within that 10 to 12-year period from, from really nowhere to, you know, in the UK, they are bigger than the rest put together. Um, and globally, you know, two something billion dollar, I mean, huge 9,000 people, much, so much more uh, bigger than anybody else that, that's out there. So there's a huge disruption in terms of the business model of how do I pay for advertising? Is it on time or is it on success and clicks? So that's the first one. I think the second one, which in some ways is, is, a, is a passing thing, and that is the, um, the emergence of, of networks. So this idea that you don't buy in, uh, you know, an advert in one place, sorry, in lots of places, you buy in one place and then it distributes to lots. Again, in the consumer world, the same sort of thing happened, double-click network, real media, all these kind of guys. And what happened was the client bought from one spot and then that advert was distributed into lots. Um, what we've seen is the job boards coming together and effectively selling through those type of networks oh. to give the advertisers much greater reach in a client, in a candidate shortage market 
market to try and actually reach the right that candidate. So we've seen the growth of these networks. That's the second one. And then the final one, I think for me, is the effect of Google and Facebook coming into the market and starting to tackle the recruitment space where they haven't really done very much in that. And the ability to use those type of media to reach passive candidates particularly. So, you know, job boards at the end of the day are without doubt the most effective way of attracting a candidate because someone is in the right mindset of, I am looking for this job in this location. Your conversion rate is always going to be great. Your metrics, your ROI, spot on. But what happens when that actually fails? What, what do you do next? And I think traditionally, people have just gone to their recruitment agency. Whereas for me, it's, well, actually, there's more stuff you should be doing. How can we start targeting those, those people? And obviously, Google and Facebook and their, you know, their ability to uh, programmatically target certain demographic types allows us to reach people that perhaps we, we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And obviously, Google and Facebook got deep pockets, um, very deep pockets. And so now that they've, they've entering the space, what do you think? could happen or will happen next? So I think we're in a really exciting time, actually. Um, I think that, you know, the reality is Facebook have got a lot to do before they catch up. Google is throwing money at this stuff with Google Hire and, and all the tools that they're building. Um, but I think what is really interesting is we were at um, Indeed Interactive in Austin, Texas, a couple of weeks ago. And um, Chris Himes was talking, their CEO, was talking about how they're trying to um, bring the candidate and the employer closer together through technology, basically. And I think that's the thing that we're going to see. So this, this move away from job boards to hiring platforms, to, to creating an ecosystem in which people stay within, whether you're a candidate or you're an employer. So therefore, you have to build all the tools that those people could possibly want to service their their needs, demands, etc. Um, so I think we will see this these, those giants and, and add LinkedIn as well to that particular list yeah. as well. Those giants offering tools to to both sides of the equation and bringing those uh, those candidates and those employers closer together and making the whole process frictionless. So whether it's you know automating interviews or testing people or screening or you know all of that kind of stuff and and there's some really really cool tech out there that they will just plug into that um and, and automate the whole process i think so that's really interesting obviously with 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 all the um, innovation that's going on you know how is ai and automation impacting on all this as well well i think it's it's pretty fundamental and it's driving a, a lot of that innovation and but i think the reality is it's not it's not where people make it out to be yet you know, for me, AI is marketing spin on machine learning, obviously, because it doesn't really exist, does it? Um, but for us, it's about how can you enhance your recruiters? It's not how AI might replace them. Yeah. So, you know, we, we always talk about the Tony Stark model, okay? So, you know, the Iron Man, um, you know, in the Tony Stark is an Avenger, yet he has no superpowers. So he puts all this technology on and he can, you know, hold his own against them. Whereas the kind of uh, Terminator approach where AI takes over and Cyberdyne systems, whatever it is. And, you know, this, this to us is, is two very different things. And for us, we believe that the technology should enhance and improve rather than replace. Because at the end of the day, we are people business. So um, that's, I think, where it fits in. In terms of its usage, obviously, machine learning is incredible at analyzing data, particularly data that's not quite the same. So if you take... Um, a job description, 
how do you look at, so for us, okay, the way that we use machine learning is probably quite a good example. Um, you, we take a job description in and our system looks at how easy or difficult that job is to fill. The problem is everybody uses different job titles for the same stuff. So you, so you can use the machine learning to find similar and then look at what happened to something similar historically to help guide where that job should be advertised Got you. next time around. And then you kind of improve the, the speed of learning to deliver the right outcome for that particular client and hire the, find the right candidates. And what does all this mean? You know, obviously Facebook, um, Google, um, coming in, LinkedIn, and Deej mentioned. What does this all mean for the, the humble job board? I mean, are they in danger of going the way of a dodo? Um, I certainly think they're at risk of it. Um, because there's a couple of things. So if you think about um, all of this, we have to remember is driven by candidates. And if you can supply candidates, you will have a future, without a doubt. So what I think Indeed has done that is so clever, and there have obviously been people who have copied since, but they have all the jobs. And by having all the employer's jobs, a candidate only has to go to one place to find a job, which means that, unlike the olden days where I think the average uh, candidate looked at between, obviously looked at between eight and 12 job boards to find a job, right? Because they wanted to make sure they, they looked everywhere. Whereas now it's a much, much smaller number. And what happens is they go straight to Indeed to search. And then if they don't find anything, then they might go to Google, find a job board and so on and so forth. So I think the, the role of job boards is really interesting because if they have managed to create a, uh, a community and they are building that community, not just at the moment those people are looking at a single moment in time. So let's think about um, you know Stack Overflow and GitHub and things like that, where you know you, you have a community of developers in there and they use it all the time. And their commercial model happens to be job advertising, but people come to it because of the code and the peer review and all that kind of stuff. So I think if you manage to build that, you will do well. If you are a job board that just does a bunch of jobs, people don't go there except when they look for a job every two years and they've forgotten where they looked last time. I think, frankly, you've got a problem. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, I guess, over the coming years. But Yeah, I mean, who knows? I Back in 1997, I said that recruitment agencies were dead and there was more of them than have ever been. So um, uh, all these predictions... Well, I'm glad they didn't die in 1997 because that's when I started my career okay. recruitment yeah. at a recruitment agency. Okay. So, uh, so maybe, yeah. maybe I was lucky there. I don't know. Um, so all this means is there's a huge shift in the way that candidates are finding work, mm -hmm. and also there's a shift in the way that companies are finding uh, potential candidates as well. Yep. It's just you know summarise really. Yeah, I think I think that what will what is going to change is the process. So this idea of proactively going and finding candidates or candidates proactively going to find jobs, I think will disappear, and I think the technology will will basically put the two things together at the, the right moment in time. So, you know, the technology will find those people and the people will find those jobs in an automatic way. And then it will be down to actually going through that um, process, whether it's interviews or, or whatever it is, to actually, you know, uh, hire people or, or, or get the job. But I think ultimately, by bringing those two things close together and using automation throughout, I think, you know, this idea of I'm going to go and find a job will, will disappear. I think it'll be more that the job will find you at the moment in time that you're ready to find that you're ready job. to go. Yeah. Which should be far more convenient. It would, honest. yeah. But, it, <laughs> excuse me, it's such a big shift 
from what we do now, you know, and the way that people live. But, you know, you, when you speak to your um, kids as they're coming through, they, they, they don't see the world the same way as we do. And they ask the question, well, why would you do that? You know, so I think, um, I think it will happen naturally. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, technology will mean that it happens faster than it would have done in any other sort of time. But um, it certainly, I think, will, is, is already starting to be seen. And will we still need TVs? Because I must admit, I haven't updated mine for horrendously mm. long time. So I hear all these arguments about CVs, and everyone's got video CVs, and you know, there's, you have to present yourself in in some way. Um, there are some very very cool tools out there that will analyze your brain and you know, high metrics and stuff like that, so that you know those tools that say, are you likely to be good for a job regardless of what your CV says and Dev's killer and hacker rank and all these kind of stuff that tests people and then matches the, the two things based on the test rather than the CV. Um, and again, indeed, have some really cool tools along this on a similar line. Um, so I think we'll definitely see more of that. But also, we're a product of where we've been, and a CV kind of tells a story, doesn't it? And it, you know, I, I quite like the CV. I'll be oh. honest. Oh gosh, I never thought I'd never have to do that again. <laughs> um, not that I'm thinking of doing it, of course. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you worked worked on the spent some time on the consumer side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that marketing is a little bit more advanced um, outside of the HR and recruitment space than it is in it. Although to be fair, I think recruitment is possibly a bit different. What can we learn from our colleagues in marketing? Yeah. So I mean, if we look historically of how the consumer side has changed, and then we map that against recruitment, there's obviously a lot of similarities in terms of the shift to pay per click advertising, uh, increase in automation. Look at tools like HubSpot, Infusionsoft, Marketo, you know, and how they're, you know, those type of um, automation CRM tools, how we're talking to people, how we're producing content, how we're delivering personal experiences for individuals as they go through a buying process for the consumer side or the recruitment process for us. And I think those tools are all being applied to our world in a very rapid way. Um, If we think about the idea of CV databases and you know, how we talent pool and how we build content that's relevant for those people, how we deliver that content. You know, a lot of it is around the plumbing. But I think once you get the plumbing in place, if we look at what is currently going on with the consumer marketing world, it's moved beyond plumbing. So, for example, media buying, you know, the olden days where you produce a spreadsheet and have a list of you know, places you want to advertise on. Now the computer does it. Like we do, you know, programmatically, the system sides based on the job, based on what's worked before. Right, I'm going to advertise and then monitor it, change it, all that kind of stuff. But you know, that's just plumbing, and and that idea of the spreadsheet will, will disappear. And and as you you know look at each element of the recruitment process, we add the plumbing in. The bit that actually adds value is not the plumbing. It becomes that creative bit. So it's about you know the messaging. It's about what content are you going to deliver to those people. You know, employer branding, um, that that kind of stuff. And and how do you communicate what you're about to those individuals? You know, this idea that oh we have a talent pool. So every three months we send them a copy of our company newsletter. I mean, really, is that all you got? So you know, whereas in a consumer world you would be talking to those people about. You know, what is it their the interest for them, their career, all this kind of stuff. Not, oh, here is my CEO yet again telling what brilliant results we've had. So, um, and I think we'll see a lot more of that particularly change. So everything where the plumbing goes in, you know, that will be the first change. And then the rest will be about the creative, the content, and, and how you actually communicate that stuff to the people you want to bring into your organization. So I can expect less um, messages on LinkedIn saying, 
David, how would you like to come and work as a project manager at X company, even though I've not actually been a project manager before? Yeah. So it'd be slightly more targeting and slightly more subtle. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen it, you know, in, in terms of what we've done in our market. I mean, it's slightly different, but in that B2B approach of let's try and educate and tend or tell the world about what's going on. Mm. And if people are engaged with that, then they will come to you. And it's the same in recruitment. You know, if you if you talk about the stuff that you're doing for sure and, and the things that are relevant within your industry, people, you build communities, they will engage with you and they want to work for you. Um, I mean, the whole employer brand thing is probably a whole hour to be talked about there, yeah, at least. <laughs> but, you know, um, uh, for me, as I say, it's about the recruitment world, I think, will follow the consumer world in terms of that plumbing and then I think it'll be about the messaging and the content within that next steps. Yeah, I think it's more the, I think the employer brand stuff from a kind of, actually out there trying to have a brand, I think that's fairly well formed is it's more the subtleties around, okay, these are candidates that potentially we want to reach. How can we use that brand and, and actually personalize the messaging to them? I yeah. think that's probably the stuff that's less developed. Yeah, it? absolutely. Because, you know, if you have a company of 10,000 people, the aggregate of those people are the same as every other 10,000 company. So it's about the culture. And I think it's about that authenticity. And, you know, I always talk about... Um, my co-founder is comes from um, a traditional brand marketing perspective. So he used to be um, marketing director at Expedia and all these places. And um, we always talk about it because I, I think a lot of it is about putting lipstick on a pig. You know, you 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 have this organisation and then you try and paint it pretty to to present to the world, and then people come along and that authenticity isn't there. They, the experience is very different. And for me, employer brand starts at the top of those organizations and the culture that they then promote. It's then something else about how do you then communicate that to your audiences in a way that's relevant for them? Because the marketing department is not the same culture as the IT department, it's separate, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So it's about, you know, marketing should be what's at the core and then how that proposition and then how does it present itself to each of your target audiences? Yeah. And I think we're still very early days with that. And of course, it has to be authentic because yep. in these days, if it isn't, you're going to ratings on your glass door exactly. and indeed are going to be not great. It's going to I mean, be pretty low. And what's really interesting, actually, about that is we we see a lot of data of the relationship between your glass door rating and things as simple as your conversion rate from someone seeing an ad and applying. So the actual return on your advertising dollars is significantly affected by that. So, you know, it is actually pretty important. Um, first of all, you have to get it right, and then you have to be able to communicate and live it. Um, and if you can do all of those things and, and people are positive about it, then then it will always help. And of course, there was some excellent analysis, I can't remember which, because it's the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal last year about companies trying to gain their Glassdoor scores around the time of their uh, engagement surveys or annual or their annual results and stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see the correlation there between those that we're gaming it. And yeah, it's, it's, it never goes well, fact. does it? You know? <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, now, marketing, you know, datafied really over the last 15 to 20 years. Um, probably we're less data, you know, we're less data savvy in, 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 the, in the HR space. What is the role of data and analytics, would you say? Um, in recruiting, particularly well, at the top of the I mean, for, for me, it's fundamental. Um, but I think that the problem is it's not used enough. Mm. And, you know, just simple things, you know, how many how many people are applying on a job level? That should be a pretty simple answer. And, and where did those candidates come from? And how do you link your advertising on one end with your actual hiring on the other and, and connect the dots? And the ATS is... Don't stop me on ATSs. Um, 
it's not great, is it? So, you know, we, we try and do as much as we can with the data. And we have, I mean, literally millions and millions of data points every day. So what we ideally want to do is move that down the funnel. And because the more down the funnel, the, the better we can optimize. Because if you're optimizing on who sees an ad and, and, and clicks, that gives you one thing. But if you're optimizing on how many people then are interviewed, it gives you another versus how many people are hired is another still now. In an ideal world, the two things are, are connected. Um, I say that, but actually hires not brilliant metrics because the problem with a hire with your advertising is the delay between the two and the yep. statistical relevance. Well, interviews probably a slightly better metric. But for me, I think uh, in answer to the question, it, it's fundamental, but then it's about using that data to actually do something with it. Data for data's sake, not great. So let's use that data, let's optimize, let's use a machine to automate all of that kind of stuff so that we actually improve. You know, we we know for a fact when you apply the automation technology to something that doesn't, we see between 50 and 70% performance improvement overnight. So, you know, that is that is a lot, particularly because it means either you're getting twice as much for your money or the same amount for half the money. Yeah. Um, and when you're spending tens of thousands a month, then th that is a significant amount of money. Um, so I think, you know, if we can if we can use that automation to on that data to get that performance improvement, that can only really be a good thing. And you said it's also about measuring the right things. I mean, I've worked in the field for a while and... You know, it used to frustrate me that everyone used to obsess about things like time to hire and apply that across all job roles, cost per hire across all job roles. And I used to think, how relevant is this to actually the success of people once we've got yep. them into the organisation? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, time to hire is, it's an important metric for the organisation to be sure. But hiring a customer service person versus a finance director is a different thing entirely, yeah. isn't it? So bringing this all together, how does ClickIQ help its customers confront some of the challenges that we've described? Yeah, I think um, I think we do two things, really. Um, one, we make what you've got perform better, so we make it more efficient. So this idea of you know, making sure that the most difficult job to fill gets the money, effectively, so shifting that, that budget spend around. Um, and as part of that efficiency I get in terms of time saving of doing this stuff manually so that's the kind of efficiency side and then i think there's an effectiveness piece whereby um you know in terms of how you reach those candidates so making sure that your advertising is going in the right places that you don't have to immediately run to you know recruitment agencies to, to fill roles just because someone doesn't exist on a job board if we go to all the job boards, we increase the likelihood. And if we can't still get one from a job board, let's look at sort of Google and Facebook targeting to actually reach those candidates. So, you know, a good example, we do an awful lot in healthcare. And if you're recruiting nurses, they're not really on job boards very much. A bit, but not that much. So using Facebook, you can actually target nurses. The problem with that is that the nurse is looking at their phone at three o'clock in the morning after a shift. How do you, they don't have a CV, how do you convert that person? So we also have a chatbot that allows, you know, takes them through the process. So it's all about making the whole thing as easy as possible, as efficient as possible in terms of those resources and as effective as possible by being able to reach the people that you actually want to hire. So I think that's probably the sort of core ways that we do it. Okay, that's great. And, you know, and, and obviously what you're effectively doing is tapping into the right sources depending on the role or maybe the location or how difficult to fill it is. 
Yep. For example. Absolutely. Um, you know, every every job is 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 slightly different, and you know, we have this this triangle that we we talk about a lot, and the, the triangle effectively. As you move up the triangle, the, the jobs get increasingly difficult to fill, but also you spend more money in which to fill them. Yeah. So if you think about a triangle, it has a broad base. So you want to fill most of these more easy to fill roles for very little money. And you move up and you have to do more stuff to attract the right candidates to it. And at the very top of the triangle, you've got sourcing, whether that is um, you know, searching CV databases. There's a whole bunch of new sourcing tech coming out right now, which looks very, very cool. Um, or whether it's manually going through lists or, or whatever it is and finding people and, and the usual kind of ninja sourcing stuff that you hear about all the time. Oh, we do like that. We do like our ninjas yes, and purple do, yes. squirrels yeah, in, that, in the recruiting space, don't we? Yeah. Um, actually, purple squirrels leads on to the next question. <laughs> is the future of recruitment as dystopian as we're sometimes led to believe? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I... I, I genuinely believe, you know, this, as I said earlier about this idea of the, the Tony Stark Iron Man versus um, Terminator kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it, it's about giving people the technology to do a better job and to focus on the stuff that they add value to, not just processing stuff. You know, we, we as recruiters want, want to add value. And I think that uh, and it's people business, right? And yeah. We have to sit opposite these people and, and all of this kind of stuff. And I think, you know, the technology should enhance, not replace. So potentially, you know, I, I get asked the question, I certainly used to get asked the question like when I was working in the space, you know, is all this going to automate recruiters? And my answer always was, well, if you're a good recruiter, you don't need to worry. If you're a bad recruiter, you might want to look for something else. Yep, absolutely. I think that's probably a fair, a fair idea. <laughs> so less recruiters but probably highly skilled ones that are doing, actually taking some of the repetitive tasks away so they can actually be more effective. Yeah, very, so, very much so. So we say future forward-looking with our last question, and this is a question we ask every, every guest on the show, and you can nuance it towards recruiting if you want. Um, is it, what do you see the role of HR being in, in 2025? Yeah, I mean, obviously we live in talent acquisition, so, and that top of the funnel, but I think, I mean... We were at, um, I was at a R100 event last year. So it's at a round table discussion and you know, very senior people within the industry. And we're talking about automation and all this kind of stuff. And we, the question was around you know, what, what will happen to recruiters. And the discussion very quickly started. We started talking about the funnel. And we started saying, right, okay, let's, let's take each piece of the funnel what should the recruiter be doing? And it became very obvious that pretty much from the top of the funnel all the way down through to interview and sometimes below, most of that stuff could be automated. So in answer to the question, it's that last mile that counts. That is where, as human beings, we add value. Because if I, if I have a relationship with you, it, you, know, you will want to then more likely to come and work for me than some computer sending you a a message or a chatbot talking to you to persuade you to take the job. You know, it's about those human interactions, you know, anthropologically, you know, as we, we are built to be part of a, a social construct and all this kind of stuff. So I think that in 2025, the role will be that of those brand ambassadors, getting people to take the last mile, to come into those organizations, and the rest of that funnel will be driven through the technology, the automation, interview setting, testing, all of that stuff. But as I say, then ultimately comes down to people at the end. And of course, I think recruiting, if you look at all the stuff that the analysts come up with, 
most of the money that's going into HR technology is predominantly in the recruitment space. It would almost be like recruitment's going to lead the way yeah. for the rest of HR. Yeah, I think probably so. Though there is some pretty cool onboarding tech and managed recruiting, isn't it? You know, but you know, when you look at those things, that they are the natural piece that either they add the most value or it's been left behind the rest of the world, but looking at some of the HR tech, I'm not sure that's true. Well, a lot of money in L&D there, isn't there? There is, yeah, a lot of money in L&D, and I think that obviously the big challenge is around skills, skills for the future now. And yeah. Obviously, it's, it's not just about recruiting them in, it's about actually analysing your current workforce and understanding yeah. you know, who's got those skills, who can acquire those skills quite quickly. And I think that's key for the whole you know, AI automation piece, because even though I don't, you know, we're about enhancing, people's jobs will change. And I think we have to reskill to make sure that our recruiters are equipped to deal with that stuff. Because you know we you know, we've had situations where we've put our tech and into organisations, and you know, the, the tech is actually really simple to do, and then it automates. But for some people, they it, they just are not in the right place to then be able to leverage that and move on to the next stuff, and um, you know protective of what they've always done, and that type of recruiter, I think, you know, is about then the reskilling and, and yeah. what have you. Yeah, I think it is. I think sometimes a lot of people think the answer is just technology, whereas I think mindset and process are, are just as important. People just yeah. as important. Yeah, so. yeah. Because it sometimes doesn't work. You know, you can put. We've we've also seen this as well. You know, you you have an organisation that is desperately keen to to use the technology, but if it doesn't, if their processes are so manually focused, you 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 put it on the wrong process, it will do the wrong stuff even better. You know, i.e. worse. So, you know, I think um, the organisation has to take a, a greater view than just throwing technology yeah, yeah. at these these problems. Richard, thank you very much for being on the show. How can people stay in touch with you and, and ClickIQ? Um, our website is uh, www.clickiq.co.uk. Um, I'm always on LinkedIn, so uh, people can drop me a line. We do a lot of, um, write a lot of content on LinkedIn. Uh, we also have ClickIQ as Academy which is um, our own kind of learning zone for people working in TA. But uh, thank you very much for, for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much, Richard. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can subscribe via iTunes or your podcast app of choice. If you did enjoy listening, please do rate the show on iTunes and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make this podcast. If you haven't already, do check out myhrfuture.com, the latest news on the future of HR. And you can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter there too. That's all for this week. But please make sure you tune in next week when I'll be speaking to Catalina Sheveninga, Global Head of Learning at Vodafone. See you next time.